Hey, this is the Hard Truth. Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour. Never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The best is Six Hour. What do I have today? I'm reaching back to my gun safe, and I got my 45 caliber uh, P220 carry. Great weapon. Uh, this is also a Legion. So I highly recommend y'all run out and get yourself protected uh, by Six Hour. We are happy as as uh, people who know how to defend themselves uh, using Sig Sour. So Sig is our uh, sponsor, and we're moving on here. And also, we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, at projectsentinel.com and .net. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, etc. And always a, a shout-out to our friend and, and uh, esteemed colleague, Cherie Curry, who does our, our theme music and bumper music. So without further ado, we're joined today by... Angie Wong. Angie Wong is the co-host of The Final Countdown, a political commentator, a Columbia University graduate. So I guess Don't she, gradu- that against me. she graduated that before against they, they started taking people's brains and sucking them out, like in the movie. Uh, what was that movie where the aliens sucked out the brains? That was, uh, oh, yeah. Like that, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's it, it, it was one where they actually would do it. Um, it was the one uh, based on that novel. My goodness, I used to, I oh, love that yeah. movie. Yeah, someone's going to fact uh, check that for us. Uh, Star, Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers. Oh. <laughs> so, so, uh, so let's roll right in. So, you were the the master of ceremonies for the first the, the uh, premiere, uh, first of will hopefully be an, uh, an annual event from everything we're hearing of the inaugural Veterans Parade in Washington, D.C., held this past Sunday, the 12th of November. And so, uh, obviously, you got to see the whole parade. I didn't get to see it because I had to be in the front, which is great. I'm not complaining. I got to be right in front with the the uh, the, the uh, old guard with the Fife and Drum Corps. So, uh, so, first off, Angie, thank you for being willing to do that. That was not an easy task, uh, doing something for the first time and trying to make sense of it. Uh, uh, this was primitive compared to other parades, but you did a great job. So tell us about your view and what, what your view was of the parade and what, what you think we should do going forward. Well, I want to first thank our Grand Marshal for the oh. inaugural uh, Veterans National Veterans Parade, the shirt that you're wearing right now, Tony Schaefer. Yep. He was incredible on stage. I think you saved my butt, actually. No, um, no look, with, with any of these things, more rehearsals, more prep time, yes. more everything, more media prep would have been great. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the times you're just thrown right into it and you make we it are. up as you go along, which is very much the case. Uh, I was certainly making it up as I went along. I got the script a few minutes prior to jumping on stage. And of course, you know, with 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 the military, there's a lot of procedurals and there's a lot of formalities and all those things. And I wish I just had a little bit more time to kind of understand that more because I never served, unlike yourself, I never got to serve my country in that way. Uh, I'm just so thankful that I'm able to work with veterans, that I'm able to support uh, our military. And I said this on stage on Sunday, Tony, I said, I want to thank everyone here because without you guys, my kids 
would not have these freedoms. Right. Like we need to preserve this right now because we see our freedom slipping away so quickly, really within the last five years, I would say, or less. Uh, I, you know, so I, a little bit about me. I, uh, I was a foreign correspondent in Asia for about 13 years. So I saw firsthand what communism does. Oh yeah. And I see how our newspaper, I'm a newspaper girl. Um, I see how our newspapers and our press was over there, especially in the Hong Kong, China region. And when I came back to the U.S. in 2015, 2016, I looked at the New York Times and I go, what is going on here? This is not a newsroom. This is an activist. These are activists in a newsroom pretending to be journalists. And it was um, something that certainly, you know, I I just, uh, it was a very different world for me to operate in. I couldn't operate in it, in fact. Right. So that's what I tried to say in my two-minute spontaneous and and by the way as as angie said it was a cold read and uh we had a number of folks lined up that was not rehearsed by the way there was no rehearsal it was like we're going in this is one of my one of my dear friends is and i'll do a shout out to him right now is bob hayes uh robert hayes from airplane and so ah. just like strike yeah just like it's really funny it, you know i my strike my my alias in afghanistan was striker and of course he played ted striker so it's it's <laughs> it, i'm his younger brother chris striker and anyway we do a great but you know it's just like you're just like striker going in to fly the airplane it's like can you do you know how to fly an airplane and it, we were thrown in and i think by the way, I, and a shout out to both uh, the organizers, yes. to uh, Fran and uh, Diane, Diane. Ventura, who put their, money, put their money where their mouth is. They funded, self-funded a lot, most of the expenses of uh, the D.C. police who did a great job. Police did a great job there. I really had a great time interacting with them. By the way, they actually looked forward to being there because they knew they would have no problems with the crowd. It's like, yeah, well, you guys are going to be fun. You guys are great. You're going to yeah. keep everything. So they knew. They knew it was going to be fine. And then, of course, Mayor, Mayor Muriel Bowser, Mayor Bowser's task force, who really did a great job of opening the door for this. So as much as anything to me, that door being open for this being kind of um, – I, I don't want to say it was ad hoc. I, I, it was planned. It's just it wasn't as smooth or as refined as I think everybody would like to make it. But that's where we want to do next year is make it much more refined. Yeah. And every live production has a lot of these of hiccups, right? Especially the first yeah. one. I really want to thank Fran and Diane for just being phenomenal oh, patriots. Yeah. I mean, remember, Tony, this is the first time a group of conservative Republicans mainly and patriots got to go back into DC and be welcomed That's right. after what had happened on a particular date in January in 2021. Right. A lot of us were afraid to go in. And I think Fran and Diane made it okay again that we can go back into our, our capital city. We can, you know, and not be afraid. Yeah. Uh, so they opened that door and made it welcoming. And that's real leadership. So I really just, I would like them so much. I really hope that they do well in future annual uh, national parade, uh, a veterans parade. I, I think they're phenomenal people. Well, I think once people saw this, saw they could be done, uh, number one, number two, that it was effective. I, I, my estimate was having run the route, I think between five and 6,000 folks showed up for it. I mean, it was, it, they were all along uh, 
all the way down to 14th Street. I mean, it was, I was shocked. It's like, holy cow, people really showed up and they were very enthusiastic. A lot of folks knew me and would, would say hello. And think about it, there was no budget. We had no advertising budget. It was kind of whatever word we could, and one of the things you did brilliantly was kind of this guerrilla social media thing to help get attention drawn to it. But there was no budget. There was no like uh, promotion <laughs> budget. And what little yeah. we had, we were able to do through local media. And uh, to that point, Channel 4, NBC Channel 4, which is not a conservative station, did cover this. Stars and Stripes was there. I talked to the Stars and Stripes folks. So the, the folks who covered it were, again, not conservative. They, they were folks who just simply wanted to show up and document what happened, which I thought was wonderful. Um, I had no problems with any of the media folks. I did multiple interviews. Once uh, I did my last interview, I think you probably saw was with some American University students. Uh, kids, they were great. They asked some really cool questions about what does this all mean? And they, they took some pictures. And I think it was, uh, it was good. Uh, one of the other shout outs I want to do beyond uh, Fran and Diane is, of course, my my dear friend and de facto stepdad, Tony Lobianco. So Tony, uh, as you know, came, showed up to do a live read of Just a Common Soldier. And I, years ago, I first saw that. And it just gives me chills just mentioning this. And for those who are listening, uh, go check out, you can Google it, Just a Common Soldier, Tony Lobianco on on Facebook, on YouTube or Facebook. It's, all, it's actually out there. And it, it is such a stirring reading. And I don't know if you know this, Tony has not been in the best health. And he said, I'm going to be there no matter what. And he got up there and he did it. And it was just uh, amazing. And, and, and so many of the words in that, that, um, that uh, presentation have to do with the fact that veterans serve. They do the hard work defending the nation, which I want to come back to in a second, talk more about that. But politicians who are generally slimy people, I've known a few, uh, Which ones, Tony? Which ones? Well, <laughs> I'm I, I I put them in a. I, I there's I I say ninety percent are slimy. The ten percent are not. You can identify pretty quickly. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that that uh, Tony rightfully identified as part of his his uh, his monologue that the soldier who does all the hard work is barely recognized. But these politicians who basically make create the problems soldiers have to come take to take care of are the ones who get all the, the recognition. I thought that was great. What did what did you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I didn't do him justice. I, I, I When I heard him read, I literally looked around the crowd, and you're talking a crowd of, standing before us was a few hundred people. Yeah. They were silent. I've never seen a street yeah. in D.C. so quiet listening to him. And when he left that stage, I completely forgot my cues. I was just so involved and absorbing with everything he has to say he's just so intense in that way and i I was just we that was one of probably the highlights from the parade for me um for sure yeah and so tony and elise at labianco again uh, obviously we'll hopefully um do some more with them on this issue and uh obviously he's close to gary sinise and some others who are very great patriots and obviously we want to do more next year to include an expanded uh, array of hollywood friends and I've, you know, some of the folks that people know I'm associated with, Cherie Curry is aware of this. Bob Hayes is obviously aware of this. Oh. I'm hoping that we can do a, a bigger show of folks who show up to, to participate. We'll see. We'll see. And absolutely. And from the media point of view, they'd love that. I mean, you know, funny enough, uh, a reporter friend of mine from Mother Jones happy, happened to stumble onto the parade and stayed on and loved every minute. Yeah. Veterans is one of those, uh, you know, like it's, it's like a happy brand almost. Like everyone supports veterans. 
you cannot not support veterans, right? It's still something that both sides and every side can get along with and support. So that's why I think this was such a great first inaugural parade. It brought everyone together. We've been divided for so long. This was nice just to party with everyone again and be from all fractured. I didn't ask who was standing next to me, what their ideology was. It was just like, look what is happening, especially going into a year where there's so much turmoil happening around the world, where we've got two major conflicts in different regions. We might have a third or fourth. Um, This is the time. We have to, you know, support our soldiers, our active soldiers, our military, and our veterans, because who else is going to get us through this. Well, I'm going to talk about that. That's the the next topic after the next topic we're going to. Before we close out the first topic of the parade, um, I think the reason you and I were picked were just crazy enough to be able to (laughs) ad-lib. No, I'm serious. I'm completely serious. I think Fran, it's like, yeah, these 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 two are knuckleheads enough that we'll (laughs) throw them in there and and they'll figure it out. No, I'm serious. I'm completely serious about that. It's like, yeah, they're crazy. They'll do it. Because, I mean, it's like, you. I mean, you know, I think it came out looking smooth i think it looked professional it, it was uh, it was great but i'm just saying it's like yeah they'll do it you'll throw them in there but, oh, but that, we knew we knew what we were doing right even if right. we didn't know what we were doing we could pull it off we looked smooth no one in the crowd knew what was going on they so, were there to see the cars and the stripes and you know right. all the uniforms they weren't there to see you and i right. sorry tony but. right no I'm, but and, but but one of the audibles that you all did or they did is like oh by the way you grand marshal you got to do a two-minute speech like Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, so I did, and it's out yes, there. Yes, you I did. did. So, so on that point, uh, one of the things, one of the points I did want to make as I figured this out in the ten seconds it took me to walk up on stage, <laughs> is that that veterans are invested in not only protecting the nation but protecting the political system. The, the, the and I used both politically correct terms: the republic and the democracy, because Democrats think there's a difference, but there's not, just saying. But I did say the very investment of veterans in uh, the future of the nation is because they have decided, we as veterans have decided that that saving the republic in the very format of our nasty disagreements, which are often public, the fact is we have to protect that space so we can have those disagreements. So what do you think? I mean, I, I, I want to make that point as part of our discussion. So. I think that belongs on a T-shirt. That well, should be on a t- on a tattoo. No, I mean I, that was very well put and concise. I like that. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of conflicts and politicians do cause a lot of those conflicts. Yeah. Uh, there's a cleanup crew, unfortunately. I mean, just the presence, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we, I, I was just saying, I was saying to the organizers, like, I don't think we need our first responders here. We're going to, we have a few thousand veterans here. Yeah. Like, no one's coming in to help, you know, to do anything. Not today. Well, I was going <laughs> to say there were some shenanigans, which I'm not going to acknowledge beyond saying there were some shenanigans. And I think they were afraid certain folks who were remain nameless as an organization showed up they chose not to be disruptive because i think they would have gotten beaten up i think the crowd would not have accepted any nonsense from them at all i think Mm -hmm. that's why they were sedate and i'll just leave it at that so um again angie thank you for being serving as the grand marshal uh i think uh you're the grand marshal oh i mean i mean the (laughs) master ceremonies Yes. What am I saying? No, I was it's like, it's okay. We're just no, on live broadcast. But yeah, that's right. But no, thank you for being there and serving. And obviously, it was a great event that a lot of people I think enjoyed. I think we're going to have a great uh, running start for next year. I think we're going to have a lot more sponsorship, a lot more rehearsal, <laughs> if we can use that as a term, and I'll go forward. So, speaking of of media, 
So you're the co-host of the final countdown over on Epoch TV. How many F-14s and aircraft carriers do you have available to go shoot down Japanese Zeros, just out of curiosity? Well, as many as you're going to give me, Tony. I mean, (laughs) we're counting on you for a full stage production here. Oh, boy. I mean, right now we just have a cartoon of one. We don't really have any. No, we have no we don't have a budget for military kit just yet hopefully someday yeah. um no it's a great show I, you know i kept it really really quiet for the first couple of months of being a co-host i'm usually a guest on people's show i don't you know like i do my spiel i kind of tell you like my random thoughts on life and then i go i go away yeah. now i have the show and it's like they want me to read the news it's I'm different like, i know like, I can't read. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I have like a, like a very low grade, you know, intelligence. And I had like, I had to, especially the foreign news. I couldn't pronounce any of the names. I'm so horrible. So I'm not from broadcast. I'm, I'm a paper girl. I can yeah. like re-edit everything I for get 12 that. hours. I get that completely. So um, I, I kept my show really, really quiet. I'm really thankful because for the first time, uh, I, uh, I have a show where I get to argue with my radio husband, uh, his name is Ted Rell. He is a cartoonist and he's a Democrat socialist. Wow. Okay. And a I'm double whammy. The husband, uh, of the crowd. So we go at it like a husband and wife team about whatever kitchen table issue that we have to talk about that day. Yeah. So today was, you know, uh, Biden meeting President Xi at the Apex Summit. And we just go at it from the two like opposite ends of the political spectrum. And you know what? When you have a civilized conversation about stuff, and we have to be civilized because, you know, you, you have airwave rules and FCC and stuff, right. um, you actually, like, we tend to agree on a lot. <laughs> if you could talk it through. It's almost like couples therapy, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I thought I'd try something new because one of the things, one of the gripes I've had in the last year or so is that, you know, uh, if you're in the conservative space and, or if you're on the liberal space, you're in your own echo chamber all day long. Right. So you're constantly reaffirming things that you think you already know. And then they somehow become these truths because you hear it so many times. I want to get out of that space because, you know, for me being a Republican conservative, I want to grow my church. Right. I could talk to people all day long. Like, you know, I'm not going to mention who, but, you know, people in my own party were like, yeah, right on. But you got to go where it's uncomfortable. Right. You got to go where it's foreign to bring people in. And I think I got my Democrat socialist co-host to uh, vote for on the Republican side this time. (laughs) I hope. (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, practically speaking, I know a lot of folks, you know, my friend Tulsi Gabbard, I think, figured it out pretty early. And, uh, you know, a lot of the the folks who follow my show know that I was advising her long before she left the Democrat Party because my job is to advise anybody who asks for advice. No, a real a very quick story. uh, Dennis Kucinich is a friend of mine. I love Dennis. Dennis and I get along very well. He's he's not a conservative, but we have a lot in common. And so Dennis approached me one day. I'm down at, uh, I'd just done a Fox News hit. I think he and I were on together doing something like this. And he, he says, look, I got to I gotta ask you a question. Okay. Would you be willing to, to uh, uh, advise a friend of mine? Uh, Dennis, if she's a friend, if, if, if this person is a friend of yours, it's a friend of mine. Who do you want? He said, Tulsi Gabbard. I said, uh, sure. If she's willing to take advice, uh, have me in, line it up. And sure enough, she was. So Jim Woolsey, another uh, kind of blue dog Democrat, Jim and I became advisors to her long before she left the party. But then again, she left the party because she figured out that her party wasn't for defending Hawaii from Little Rocket Man. I mean, that was the whole issue, one of her big issues. 
and I don't want to go on a lot of detail that she may get upset about, but I can tell you that she was very concerned about defending her constituents, and that was a good thing. And that was what my focus was, too. Look, they're Americans. They may not be red Americans, but they're Americans, and it's my job to do my, my best to advise you on, on what to do to defend them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of folks have recognized that's the way to go. And you, you're laugh at this. I used to be on MSNBC in the old days. And I'm going to say something complimentary about MSNBC. Well, two words, Dylan Radigan. Dylan Radigan was a, a Wall Street guy who had his own show. Okay. And um, he was great. And he would have all versions of the of the truth on. He would actually explore what was going on. I remember one time Christine Fair, who's a, 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 a liberal, was on his show with me. And she was defending the use, the, the unlimited use of droning uh, people in Pakistan. And I was saying, this is not a good idea. And I'm the conservative. And Dylan even says, like... This is different. You've got the conservatives saying we shouldn't be droning people and be very precise. And you got Christine Fair, who apparently is a neocon, just saying, saying, mm. oh, yeah, we should drone every village and hope for the best. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so my point was, is that what you're doing is something that needs to be done and maintained. I think both sides can get a lot out of dialogue, not yeah. basically yelling at each other. And I think that's what's missing these days. And we'll bring that back. Tony, yeah. let's bring it back. Look, uh, even with Epoch, uh, we're developing a show right now called Civil Discourse. And do you remember the show Crossfire? Back I do. In the day? Okay, I do. that's what this is. But, yeah. you know, a little bit more updated. Sorry, Bob Novak's no longer there. But Tucker Carlson's still available. I think he doesn't have a job yet. Um, you know, like... I love that show. That's how I learned politics back 20 years ago. Well, um, I, I, I like the McLaughlin group. I love them. As a matter of fact, I know well, yeah. Eleanor Cliff. I was actually on the revised version of that, which was fun. So I, I wow. think the McLaughlin group was, group was right. So Again, but, just dialogue. Talking yeah. without yelling. No name yeah. calling. Just like, let's talk politics. And we just, I think that's the way together. I mean, and this is why I love working with you and I love working with Diane Fran uh, Ventura because it's like, let's yeah. just get it together. Right. Let's, I'm not trying to be an adult in the room. I'm not the adult in the room by any means, but we can't do what we, we're doing right now because well, that's just going to further split us apart and then you're really going to have a big mess. Right. I mean, if you could have shows with Eleanor Cliff and Pat... Uh, um, oh, oh yeah. With... Um, uh, Oh my God! I just—I was just thinking of his name. It's like I'm—I'm I'm such a senior today. Uh, Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan. Is he still around? He is around. He no, is. Pat, Pat and I were on. Had the same publisher, Bill Shatner. Uh, Pat Buchanan and I all had uh, Tom Dunn books do our books. So Tom was proud of the fact he could pick whoever he wanted. So I was like, okay, you got Bill Shatner and you got Pat Buchanan and me. I don't know what that says. I don't even know what that means. So. Anyway, uh, but yes, and so he's around. But the idea is, if you could have that in the old days, we should do it in the new days, right? I mean, we should bring back that sort of dialogue. So. Tony, I think we need to talk about a pilot yeah. <laughs> right now. I think you could have four screens on this and we could try it out. What do you think? And, well, and then we'll send it over to the networks for a pickup. Well, but, but the thing is, though, Angie, we can't have AI. So we, we were losing the event because, you know, China says we can't have it. And Joe Biden says we can't have AI. So AI is off. So uh, I would like to have AI uh, helping our guests speak, especially if they're, you know, being derived from the ether. But. Uh, all things being equal, uh, I think it's a great potential. I think it's something we should talk more about. And I'm sure Chris wants to talk about it because Chris is already doing some stuff in the space. So we'll, we'll have a, a bigger dialogue about what, what we can do to work on bringing back either the uh, firing line. Wasn't Tucker on firing line? 
in the old days? I don't remember. I just remember him being a young Tucker wearing he a bow tie yeah. with his silly hair. Yeah. I'm like, who's this dude? Yeah. <laughs> and today he's still that dude. So. Well, he got rid of the bow tie. So I think we oh. all outgrow our fetishes, you know. Uh, I used to I used to wear tube socks and I got I got over that too. Excuse so, me? Tube socks, you know. <laughs> what like I went I went to high school in the seventies, you have to remember. Like, so where would you wear the tube socks? You wear tube socks out playing soccer. You know, oh. I mean <laughs> What what did you think I was saying? I wasn't sure. I was yeah, like, "What?" Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. <laughs> okay, well, no, I get it. We all have to have one clothing choice. That's like the permanent you know, I, thing that we do. Look, I miss parachute pants. I wish they'd bring those back. Oh I gosh. I love the seven. The seventies were great. Parachute pants. My goodness, there was nothing better than wearing uh, loose nylon. Ask uh, MC <laughs> Hammer. Ask MC Hammer. Right? I mean, that's. Really seriously, how can you not? How can you not like loose nylon, right? I mean, that's uh, you know, that that should be a name of a group. We'll have to talk to Chris Chris about having a rock group named named Loose Nylon. That's a that's a great rock and roll name there. So speaking of that, we're we're going to tease a show. We're trying to organize a, a Christmas show. We're we're going to wrap up here in a second, but we're trying to do uh, a pants optional uh, but gun re- required show. And I don't want to say who's going to be our- Wait, a pants optional gun required. That's show. right. That's right. We're developing it now for Christmas. Yeah. So you can only imagine who we're going to have on for that show. So uh, I want to be on that show, Tony. Well, you'll, we'll, we'll invite you. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're coming up on the break. We have a hard break. Uh, this is the Hard Truth. Tony Schaefer powered by Six Hour. Never settle. We're going to be right back with part two. And we're going to jump in with Angie. Uh, on uh, all the news of the day, which is plentiful. We got uh, Joe Biden uh, basically wandering around San Francisco looking for his next uh, uh, next to pins change. I'm sure that's happening. And uh, we've got uh, the Israelis storming the hospital. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess, the, did you see that, Angie? The, yeah, the, I did. Uh, the Daily, the, the ba- the basically the Babylon Bee talked about uh, how all the AK-47s that they're finding there were all for medicinal reasons. Just saying, I, you know. <laughs> great thing so we'll be we'll be right back after this break the pandemic may be over for some but millions of americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from covid19 and the vaccines you've heard dr peter mccullough and his team at the wellness company discussed the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. 
Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer, this stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. 
AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Hey, this is the Hard Truth Part 2 with Tony Schaefer. Still powered by Six Hour, never settle. I had a choice of what to carry in combat. I always carried the best. The best is Six Hour. I recommend you carry the best. Go out and grab yourself the best and protect yourself. We're on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also on the available on the America Out Loud Podcast Radio Network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, ProjectSentinel.com, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or X, whatever it's called now. God knows what it is. <laughs> and and we're available, obviously, to uh, through our website. You can see what we do there. So anyway, we're back with part two of the show. Angie Wong is continuing to join us, uh, co-host of uh, the, the final countdown. Unfortunately, no F-14s or Japanese zeros to be found there, but I, it's a good show anyway, right? And we're joined uh, today, as always, by the, the, uh, the uh, let's see, the, the unguided Chris Cordani. I like and it. The, and the unequivocal Elizabeth Breckenkamp. So, uh, and, and by the way, <laughs> Elizabeth was there at the parade with us, right, Elizabeth? That was awesome. Yeah. Very she cool. Was, she was in the, the uh, Ford vehicle, making sure that in case we had Luftwaffe fighters straf- strafing us. She would give me early warning so I could jump down. So that was good. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, so let's jump right in. So we're going to go back into now current events. So one of the things, uh, Angie, I would say is that uh, Joe Biden is overmatched by other world leaders. Would you agree with that assessment? He's overmatched. Oh, yeah, look, he's meeting with uh, President China President Xi Jinping today, yeah. and he's walking into that meeting completely powerless. <laughs> you saw what he said on Tuesday at the White House press conference. His best hope for this meeting, the first meeting with President Xi this year, is that he could, you know, maybe President Xi can call him. Maybe they could open a line of communications. What? We don't have a line of communications with China currently. Uh, that was the best he could do walking into this meeting. So you better believe someone as powerful as the Chinese president is watching that press conference going, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. Uh, I'll just get whatever I want from my demand list. That's so, It was terrible. Well, I'll open it up there about one second, but I, that's one of the things I want to address. So um, I was friends and mentors with a lot of the Reagan folks to include Bud McFarland and, and, and Ambassador Hank Cooper. Angie, they told me stories about Reykjavik. Now, Gorbachev and the, the Soviets were really, really worried about something called SDI, Strategic Defense Initiative. The idea was that our, the concept was the technology was not going to be available and barely is now. Uh, but the idea is we're going to have technology to be able to knock down your missiles. Oh, yeah, you can have all the nukes you want. We don't care because we can knock them down. Sure. And that concept, that concept lacking any credibility other than us saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do it and saying it with enthusiasm was the thing the Soviets most feared. They were out to get that off the table. And Reagan bluffed them. That was the one thing that that Gorbachev wanted as part of one of the start deals. And they wouldn't give it to him. And by the way, it was nothing there. It was nothing there. But they wouldn't give it up. It's like, no, we're not giving it up. And he won. He actually buffaloed 
played poker and beat Gorbachev at their own game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if our posturing days are over, though. Right. I think there's limitations to our posturing. We try doing that. Look, President Xi, mm-hmm. uh, China President Xi, completely ignored all of Biden's cabinets in the last uh, a couple of months. Uh, Anthony Blinken walked in. He had to sit right. at the kids' table in China. Uh, Janet, <laughs> Janet Yellen tried going in. Pete Buttigieg didn't even bother. I, I don't even know if he got an invite to Xi's Belt and Road Initiative. I mean, everybody was there. All the world leaders were there and over 800 CEOs. But where was our... Uh, uh, transportation secretary. He was in West Palm Beach looking at a fast speed train that Ron DeSantis just built. Okay, so yeah. it's jokish. Yeah, it makes no sense. So, Tony, but- you're talking about Reagan yeah. and how he was able to bluff him, um, which makes me, you know, in comparisons, like, I don't think Joe Biden even knows how to bluff. I just like, come on, we man. Know Joe Biden isn't really in control, he's not really running the White House. So whoever is behind him, we're thinking, you know, Obama, whoever. Apparently, they don't know how to bluff either. But I, I like that comparison when Reagan did that. And Reagan was Reagan was so so smart on so many levels. He was so strategic. And but now I'm just thinking, who in the White House even would even know how to bluff? Well, the, re- <laughs> the reason Reagan uh, was so good at this is because he had acting skill and he knew how to talk. I, yes. I will never forget when I was in this program called Leadership Orange from Orange County. They're, they kind of lean a little left for me. But the idea is there, there was one section we went to, I believe we went to West Point at the time. And it's in our, it's in our home territory, Orange County, New York. And uh, it winds up that one of the speakers for this particular class was one of the four, uh, I believe, if I'm correct, and Tony, you can correct me on this, four, uh, a member of each service should be accompanying the president when, uh, they, when, when he goes certain places. Right. One of them, mm-hmm. and this was one of those gentlemen for a period of time. A reporter uh, asked him how, uh, since, uh, how when most of the people in the world and in America don't believe the Star Wars is going to work, how is uh, he going to expect Gorbachev to, to believe it? How, how is he going to expect the Soviets to... Uh, uh, or to, to beat them in the Cold War. He goes, well, as as long as uh, I believe it's going to work and as long as Mr. Gorbachev believes it's going to work, well, um, then that should be fine. And that's what happened. That's the yeah, idea. There, there are only a few key again, people that you need I, to, to bluff to. That wasn't a very good imitation of Ronald Reagan. No, yours is I, better. I don't oh, know. God. I think it's Cap Weinberger who said that. I, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, you know, yeah. he has a tiger tattoo somewhere chris did you know that i, uh, uh, I think bill clinton might know there that. well i don't know um uh, i you know um nancy maybe nancy could help out on that i don't know <laughs> anyway back to, is better than mine right as long as you that. believe it and you That's can right. convince Gorbachev to believe it then well, so, but but angie let me ask that question so uh, <laughs> some of this is credibility uh, the, the the master the, mm-hmm. the the one element that must exist within deterrence is credibility. And that's what this administration lacks. Yeah, Biden doesn't has no capability. Nobody has has credibility. So I think it's more of a factor of lack of credibility than lack of, of, of usable uh, elements of leverage if you understood how to use them. What do you think? Well, I'm not sure about that because, you know, obviously, look, this is the first time that President Xi has been on U.S. soil since uh, Donald Trump invited him uh, back in 2017. Right. He doesn't have to be here. He could have ignored oh. the Biden administration for another year, right? 
he didn't have to be here. So he must want something as well. And it seems like to me, I was making a joke, but I don't know if it's that far of a joke. This feels like couples therapy. (laughs) And Xi Jinping. It's like, okay, they, you know, it's like, send the spy balloon. No, I'm going to send Anthony Blinken and nothing works and they can't talk. And Biden's on, you know, at the White House press secretary, uh, you know, talking about how they have to open up lines of communications. I'm like, oh my goodness. All right. So I think President Xi actually needs something from the U.S. I'm not sure what that is just Mm -hmm. yet, but you saw what uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom did this morning. He rolled out the red carpet for uh, Xi's uh, landing when he got into San Francisco International. And then they even turned a block of San Francisco to look like streets of Beijing. Right. It was frightening. If, if anyone's seen Where this did they put all the homeless people? That's what, what I want to know. It was Where a temporary cleaning. It, I, yeah. we, I, I saw that it was a temporary cleaning. He, he wanted to make everything look nice for his pal Xi, right. uh, Xi Jinping. Yeah. Right. But okay. why? Elizabeth, Why did have to impress him at all? Right. Elizabeth, uh, I, have, yeah. Elizabeth I have an answer to your question. Soil and green are people, you're saying. So. <laughs> and that okay. happened last year. That was the timeline. I believe it was last anyway, year. Soil and green was back to Angie. Happen. So, Angie, but, but let's contrast the That's meeting at disturbing. Mar-a-Lago with Z and Trump and the meeting in San Francisco with pretty boy uh, Governor Newsom and uh, the streets of, of uh, feces-free San Francisco. So, by the way, did, uh, Carl Malden, you know, uh, whatever happened to that was a great show, The Streets of San Francisco, right? Ah. Man. So, anyway, oh. but when when Z was at Mar-a-Lago, do you remember, Angie? Do you remember what Trump did over dessert? No. He, what? he announced he announced the airstrike uh, in Syria against uh, targets. Yes, I do somehow remember that. Yeah. Oh. So, to me, that's the way you do it. It's like, oh, by the way, I just killed a bunch of people. How's that for dessert? Again, this is a big power play. This is why it's like, why is Biden going in saying, I would just like for you to pick up my phone calls? You know, it's just so yeah. weird to me. Why don't you ever call me back? Exactly. And it's it's also his aides, right? I mean, you know, especially with uh, working with the Chinese, yeah. everything is about where you stand next to those in power, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the yeah. fact that Gavin Newsom just a few weeks ago flew out to Hong Kong and then Beijing and sat face-to-face in equal chairs and footing with Xi Jinping on stage meant everything. And we always thought, okay, maybe Newsom's going to try to run for president. No, it was really in preparation, I think, for the APEC meeting happening in San Francisco right now, that everything was going to be fine. Uh, It now appears like Gavin Newsom was setting it up so that it was okay for Grandpa Joe to then go meet with (laughs) with Xi Jinping. That makes sense. Yeah, a a little bit. And what is it really? I mean, ultimately, I think what we need from this meeting, uh, from the Apex meeting is, uh, well, Janet Yellen was there also greeting uh, Xi as he flew in. We need the we need China to buy more U.S. debt. Right. And, and that's kind of just a reality of things right now. They've been buying debt. We need them to buy more debt because we're in so much debt. Um, and, and that's the only way we can kind of save yeah. the you know inflation in our somewhat of our economy at the moment. Uh, what do we need from China exactly? I mean, there's stuff. Yeah, we need you know, we have a big trade you know, thing going on with them. <laughs> so we do need those little buttons that go into our cars and our dishwashers and all that stuff until we decide that, you know, American manufacturing is sustainable. Right. I don't think at $40 an hour it is, but, you know, um, we don't have a solution either, right? So, well, there's right three now, things I think that. 
that are not. Well, three things for you to think about, Angie. First off, the, the weapon of mass destruction, which I consider it is fentanyl. And that's something that has yes. affected all of our every community. That's affected uh, literally every community I know has been affected by that. Secondly, we're supposed to be given $10 billion of support to Taiwan. So that can't sit well with Xi. And then ultimately, there's part of the negotiations, according to Fox News, which I tend to believe this article is credible, one of the things they plan on giving up, that is the Biden administration, is the potential application of AI to our nuclear weapons response. Now, I think there's some issues there about how it would be used, but the idea that we're giving up something that could potentially be an advantage baffles me. So what do you make of that kind of mixed messaging from the, Bi from the Biden folks? Uh, okay, well, the idea of giving up AI technology to the Chinese scares the living daylight out of yeah, me. I don't know why that would even be a trade. Um, clearly, you know, the United States, even though we have the MIT AI lab and we've been doing this for decades, we're actually not that smart in this space. You know, the Israelis no, are way beyond us on this, right? Why not go there? Um, it, it's, it seems to be a weird ask. I don't know, anything to any sort of defense information to give to your enemy, essentially, is strange. And I think that has to be looked at and really examined as to why that's even on the table. Uh, where are military leaders to stop this, to say right. this is a terrible idea? There's another aspect to China that we have to watch, and nobody's talking about this, or not enough people are. China is hoarding gold, okay? They're, they're buying up, they're picking up more gold than ever. We're talking about how they should pick up more U.S. treasuries. Mm. They're not going to want, they're going to want gold. What's going to be very interesting is uh, China is the sea in bricks. They're trying to put together a, a, uh, a gold-backed currency to challenge the, um, uh, the American dollar. I'm not sure if the B, R, I, and S countries and the other 20 they're trying to recruit are going to come out okay when uh, it looks like China is hoarding a lot of this gold. And let's let's put it this way. We don't trust them. We shouldn't trust them. And neither should the other nations in the BRICS, uh, uh, let's just say, alliance, if you will. Yeah. Um, and that's all part of the posturing that's taken place. This basket of currency, it's heavily, heavily Chinese money and more and more so Russian, although, you know, their dollars all over the place right now. But, it, you know, it, it's it's really posturing to the U.S. and how we buy crude oil. Right. It's really about how do we move it off the U.S. dollar and into the Chinese yuan or RMB, if you want to call it that. And that's happening already. Look, as soon as Biden lifted the sanctions on Iran, who was the first buyer to buy from Iran oil? It was China, and they bought a lot of it. I, I, at one estimate, it was like $80 billion worth. I think it's a lot higher than that. And so now you've got this new relationship between Iran and China, and also Russia up here, because they're, you know, puppet mastering a lot of this as well. Um, you just created a whole new world power right there, Joe Biden. Thanks very much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, I, I, you know, having lived in Hong Kong and having the uh, Hong Kong dollar back to the U.S. for a long time, there was always a scare that overnight China could flip the switch and make that a, a yuan-backed Hong Kong dollar because they could do it. And it would happen mm -hmm. overnight and people's wealth would de devalue uh, within seconds, literally. Yep. Um, so that's why if you're a Hong Kong investor, you're like literally divesting your stuff. And that's what we almost have to look at as well. It's like, what are we doing here with the dollar? What are we doing here with China? I personally, I think both sides, the U.S. and China, can get a lot out of this. Uh, remember, it was right after 9-11 that Bush went into Shanghai and had a very, I think it was also the Apex Summit then as well, uh, again, 20 years ago. 
And Bush said to, uh, you know, had basically created an open uh, line, I guess, for 10 years going forward. And they and we kind of became friends again, you know. So maybe, you know, if Biden had any sort of charisma, uh, we could have another couple of great years with China. So we're not fighting and it's there's no decoupling anymore, as he likes to put mm-hmm. it. I don't even understand that word uh, in, in the context of geopolitics. Okay. Um, but that's what Biden used. I, you know, does. it could be a really good thing because we can't afford another enemy right now. We can't well, he afford does, another He does fight. have immense uh, personal gravitas. Sense. It's just bad. It's all bad. That's all. So, yeah. uh, so, just feed him some ice cream. He'll be okay. Yeah. But it is about that time. It's, it is. It is fun time. Uh, normally, uh, Miss Marianne had the magic mirror on Romper Room. Here on The Hard Truth of Tony Schaefer, we have Tony's Takes. We're powered by Six Hour. That's right. But Tony's Takes is powered by Six Hour. Never settle. Never settle. See, I was thinking of the fisticuffs as the weapon instead of the gun this time. Because it turns out Kevin McCarthy uh, elbowed Rep Tim Burchett to the kidneys. And he apparently packs a pretty decent punch. It was uh, was witnessed by a reporter. When did we start allowing Philo Beto, you know, from the movie Every Which Way But Loose type fighting circles? (laughs) to these congressional uh, congressional floor around there. What's going on here? So, Chris, this is not well known, but uh, the master championship of slap fights actually happens in Capitol Hill. So the members <laughs> behind the scenes, they all go at each other. So Looks it's, like Will it's Smith must the, be the tragic losses there. I mean, you can end up with like a paper cut or something if you're not. Oh, so I'm telling horror. you right now, but the, the actual like it's like an Olympic event, this the congressional slap fights. And let me tell you, let me tell you that uh, there is equality there because women and men are completely equal in in slap fights. Just saying there, there is no, there is no. I don't know. I I think women are better at slap fighting than men are. There you go. There you go. So we know how to go for the hair, right? So secretly MacArthur, McCarthy won his, the the championship last year. uh, And that's how I became. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Prove prove me wrong. And he didn't even have an orangutan. How about that? Uh, well, I don't know about that. I could get to go down a path that we'd all regret. Oh, let's not go there. Something. Yeah, okay. We'll right. stay away and, from orangutans this session. Yes. Angie, Tony, here's one for you guys. Yes. And Elizabeth, check this out. Noted head case, Pelosi family buddy and assailant. Oh, yeah, that's got a friend and assailant. How about that? David DePape pleaded not guilty to charges, including attempted kidnap of a federal official. Blaming, now get this. This longtime left winger blames right wing podcasters. Mm, mm, and and believe me, he mentions Tim Poole by name. And wow. by the way, that guy's not a left, uh, a righty he's, or a lefty. He's not a righty. No. Nope. And no. Gamergate. Gamergate was a thing from what? How many years ago for, for his attacks while on the witness stand? And worst of it all is BBC and the, and the regular mainstream media are actually uh, legitimizing all of this. Tony, uh-huh. Angie, Elizabeth, what's your take? Nobody wants to take this. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, just, let me, let me so talk ridiculous. about Paul it's Pelosi. So... Look, uh, let's be honest here. Anyone who can stay married to Nancy Pelosi deserves a, a Nobel Peace Prize for being for tolerating inhuman suffering. I mean, he and Mother Teresa are up there. I don't know how he does it. I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. Male or female, if you have to go home and see Nancy, I just like. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, oh. I don't know. I don't know. I think that that's that that right there is as bad as being hit in the head with a hammer. Just saying. Oh, it, it explains oh. all the cream in the freezer. Yeah. 
No, I mean, look, you have to understand all this is being played out in the San Francisco court. So the bad guy is always going to be the conservative. It's always going to be the far right winger podcaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, who? what better villain than a conservative podcaster? Ask Tony. <laughs> yeah, Tony, I know. Look, I'm a real I'm a real spy. So, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. No, I was over at the Coast Guard. I had to go get some stuff done over. at The closest base to me is a Coast Guard station. And I said, look, you guys, this is great. Uh, you guys save people. I used to kill people. What a great combination. Right. You know, so it's it's a good it's a good thing. So but, but speaking of San Francisco, uh, one of the things I think resulted in the depa- papes depravity depravity. Can I say that word? I think I can say that word. Something the, the, the deprivations is the fact that he had to walk through, I think, three different uh, uh, trails of feces just to get to the house there. So it's just, it just by the time you get through all that, you're you're wacko. Just and use needles and, and, and needles, yeah, needles all too. All kinds of disgusting things, yeah. So, I, you know, that could yeah. be an interesting survey. And, and Angie, you guys should cover this on your show. There should be a a, a paid uh, San Francisco City survey to figure out if uh, if uh, needles are actually co-located with feces or are they separate? Because that's a that's a good thing for tourists to know. Like, how do you? Avoid oh my it? gosh! I yeah. think the sanitation department might know about that. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, good answer. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's there's at least a half a clean street somewhere in San Francisco for the next week or so. But that's a different story for. Well, actually, not a different day. That's for today. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. By the way, um, the Minnesota case to kick Donald Trump off the ballot is going to go nowhere. But it seems the Colorado one might actually uh, might. M- there's a, there's a chance, a sliver of, of success to this. Funny thing, let's say 10, 12 blue states knocked Colorado off the ballot. They weren't going to, or knocked knock Trump off the ballot. They weren't going to uh, vote for him anyway as a whole. So imagine this, Tony, Angie, Elizabeth. Trump gets knocked off of about 10, 12 states' ballots and still wins the presidency. How yeah. about that? What's That's hysterical. But I don't see how they can legally do that. I mean, they can't. Uh, yeah, I, I, They're it seems lose. like these people are intentionally breaking the law just to yes, keep they Trump are from the drain to drain Trump. Like you can legally just remove his name from your ballot. It's like right. Yeah. No, they are. That's that's the strategy. Which, it's which like they're, me, they know they're really going to lose. People to let them know, hey, you can write his name in. If you don't see Trump's name there, it's okay to write him in. You know, they always talk about the so write in. Like, write his name, Elizabeth. Were you aware of? I think the organization is called Sixty Five. There's an effort by David Brock, uh, the creator yeah. of um, of uh, 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 what is that that site that goes after? Uh, oh my God! I have such a senior moment today. Um, David Brock. David Brock, who did um, uh, something for America. What's that? The, the, come on, Chris, help me out here. The, I'm, I'm thinking of this one too. Boy, oh boy. Well, we know who David <laughs> Brock is. Yeah, David uh, Brock created uh, uh, Matters for uh, uh, what is it? Matters for America, something. Yes, media matters media for America. Matters. No wonder so, we forget about them. So I don't. So it's, it's it's forgettable. Anyway, so what happened was, <laughs> Brock created sixty five. Basically, it's an organization going after the sixty five lawyers who supported Trump during oh, the election. There's a, yeah. it's a, it's a it's an effort to, to basically go. I was talking to one of the guys being targeted today. I'll we'll leave that there for now. Good tease, but, but you know, uh, there was some good news coming out of the Michigan uh, state court where they tried to do the same effort to knock Trump off the ballot, and right. the state judge there said, "No way, guys!" You know, he in his decision he said, 
whether this was a rebellion or insurrection and whether or not Trump was involved in it, I'm going to defer that to Congress because that is the right body to decide. And he Mm -hmm. further stressed that no electoral authorities had any powers to knock Trump off the ballot. And hopefully that will be a president's case. I don't know, but they're going to try and it's going to be unsuccessful because ultimately they have to prove something that they can't. Trump was never charged with insurrection. Ever. And there was no insurrection. That's right. So we're, no we're breaking it off now. We got in the show. But uh, Angie, uh, tell us where we can find where people can find you. Oh, you can um, find me all over Twitter X. I'm just at Angie Wong. Come follow, follow me there. I can give you all my handles, but that's the best place to reach me. That great. is my account. I do check my messages and I will certainly respond back to you. I hope everyone follows. And I want to thank you guys for inviting me on your this show. Is this is the first time I'm on. I'm so happy to see everyone here. I got to meet you very briefly at the parade. And I'm just so mm-hmm. thankful for uh, the National Veterans Parade for getting all of us together. And, and now here we are on your podcast so thank you yeah that was really fun feels good so okay well uh, thank you for joining us angie it was great thank you again for being the master ceremonies for the parade the first annual first ever uh veteran national veterans parade long overdue people all all, all thought it existed it's like no it doesn't this is the first one so thank you for that uh chris Mm -hmm. thank you for running the boards elizabeth thank you for being at the parade and being here today uh that's it for the hard truth this week i've got to jump off both angie and i have to go other and do other media continue to educate the public We'll be seeing you again real soon. So be sure and see us again then. Uh, We'll be uh, same time, same bad channel, same bad uh, weekend spots. We'll see you then.